Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I am Sam Delaney. Welcome along to this extra episode. It's not really an extra episode. We just put it out four days later than usual. Um, it's you delve into the mailbag, all the fantastic emails that we've chosen to read out, uh, as opposed to some of the terrible ones that we've just ignored. Um, yeah. Upsetting ones as well. Some of them almost feel like they're pleading for us to, to pass them on to the relevant authorities. It's like a cry for help. Yeah, and and some, the, some of the stray man ones are like this. All right, I was really pissed, right, once, ages ago, right? It was like fucking ages ago, like 2000, I was really young. I was like, you know, it was like 2014, right? And me and my mates, we got so pissed. And then, like, I couldn't afford a taxi, so I had to walk all the way home. The end. Yeah. Whoa. Thanks for you that. You crazy fucking cunt. Definitely going to read You that had out. to walk home, and you were drunk, and you couldn't afford a cab. Listen, right? Before you fucking send us another time-wasting load of old shit like that, right, just listen back to the Vangelis letter that that she-cunter sent us earlier (laughs) this week, right? The bar is there. That's the bar. (laughs) Anything less than that, don't bother. Does your stray man or woman story involve war in the Balkans, right? Or a muscle man who's really into My Little Pony? If it doesn't, then look at yourself in the mirror and think, is me getting fucking drunk with my silly mates and then having to walk home really such a fucking big deal? <laughs> or is it just normal life? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, here's some unexpected tits from someone called Roy. <laughs> Good. <laughs> he says, like many of us in my youth, I used to hang around on fields drinking tramp cider. On the, One of the regular mm. drinking spots was a local golf course, which, as you imagine, is very hilly. One evening I was sat at the highest point on a hill. You know what? I'm not going to read this because some of this might be underage. The the target oh. the target might be underage. I'm not going to read this. It's not what, the tit target. The tits might be. We are not interested <clears throat> in underage tits. <clears throat> I can't say that strongly enough. No. The um, so the perpetrator is 14 and it doesn't say um, anything about the. Uh, I don't want to use the word victim, but the uh, the subject. So I'm not going to go any further. This with happened that. to him when he was 14. He was 14, yeah. So okay, well that's the trick. I mean, remember what started all of this was when I told you the story about when I was on. St- I used to go to Stamford Brook Station really yeah. early in the morning, and I was only 15 then. But the point is, the woman was a woman, and that's what made exactly. it all the more tantalising. That's what makes it legal and legit and above board. Just as a little, uh, to punctuate things, a uh, little letter here from, email here from uh, someone called 
Okay, well, I can't say his name. He says this. Hi, King Hunters. This is no burner email, so I'll refer to myself simply as the Putney Cobbler. Another coincidence. Putney I told again. you about all these coincidences. Yeah. It's not from that gal. I've noticed a few times you've slandered fingering. What? Slandered it? We've done, we've done the opposite, mate. We've Are you fucking listening it. properly? We're the ones saying bring fingering <clears> back. <throat> and winding. We haven't slandered it at all. You're not. You don't. You're missing the point. Yeah, he doesn't know what anyway, slander he means. Anyway, he goes on to say, as a millennial myself, oh, alarm bells. I feel as though fingering gets a bad press. No, it fucking doesn't, mate. That's the whole point. <laughs> it gets a good press here. Our concern is that you and your generation have given up on the old fingering thing because you probably think it's I don't know <clears throat> oppressive. For me, it's the eleventh commandment. So I'm proposing hashtag fingering twenty twenty. Hang on, are the other commandments uh, not "Thou shalt not"? Yeah. So can that well, be maybe a what he's asking for is a double negative: "Thou, thou shalt, shalt not, not, not finger. finger." He's a fucking mess. <laughs> I.e., "Thou shall always finger." He's a mess. He doesn't know what slander means, and he's fucking. He's written this pissed. Yeah, probably. My suspicion is you, you wrote this pissed, Putney Cobbler. Fucking think think these emails through, or we will at best not read them out. At worst, we will read them <clears> out and fucking slaughter you for them. Right, what's next? Here's a one. This is from um, Wacko. This is good. He says, um, I was 15 at the time. As you do at 15, I went out with some mates to a park and got pissed. I was pretty fucked, and as I was walking back home, I started really needing a shit. I didn't know what to Mm. do, but I had to go. So I looked around, and I'm literally in the middle of a street. I decided to enter someone's front garden, lean forward, and reverse into a tree and start shitting. Next thing, the owner comes out the front door and starts shouting at me to fuck off, you dirty cunt. But I, <laughs> but I couldn't stop. No, you can't stop. You can't. Once you started, you can't stop. He says, no. he, st- he then started kicking me. So I was walking away like a crab while shitting all over his garden. <laughs> he says... I felt so fucking guilty and was shouting, sorry, 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 but he wasn't having it and he went to punch me. He connected and I fell back onto my jeans and shat in them. <laughs> oh, God. He says, I was crouched and he was a big fella. He lost balance after punching me and landed right next to me, right on my shit trail. It's- <laughs> <laughs> he's backfired on the cunt yeah he says his missus came out asking what was going on and saw the mess she started crying of laughter and I took this opportunity to just run away in my shit stained jeans <laughs> yeah his missus comes out hey what's going on out here whoa I've fallen in someone's shit <laughs> He says, I go, I go around the corner onto the street and there's loads of people out wondering what the fuck has happened. I just ran away crying. <laughs> crying? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose you would cry. 15 minutes in emotional time. You've been you've shat in public and been beaten up while shitting by an adult. Oh, it's really traumatic. I mean, the fella should have just thought, thought ahead and just maybe took a little carrier bag out or something and just said, here, mate, I see what you're doing here, but pick it up. Put it in this bag. Go away. I, I don't know how I'd react. I would like to think that I'd react calmly like that. Like, listen, mate, you're obviously desperate for a shit. Yeah. Try to pour, press pause and then come come in. You can use the fucking toilet. Yeah. I don't mind. That's yeah. what I'd like to do. But I think instinct would take over if I saw someone shitting on my property. I think I'd get the Terminator out. Yeah, you'd, you'd go full animal, do you think, would you? 
You would, wouldn't you? You'd be like, what the fuck's going on here? There's yeah. a human shitting on my property. This can't... Well, actually, I saw this happen once. Uh, I saw someone <laughs> pissing. My my brother used to have a flat in Notting Hill. And every year when it was the Notting Hill Carnival, uh, he didn't like it. So he'd go away somewhere for the weekend. And then he'd let me flat sit. When it was when I was much younger, you know, a student. And we all loved it. Or the, the Notting Hill Carnival. And so he, he would let me flat sit. And I would do a sort of a... Uh, throw a little party, you know, for my mates. Yeah. But you'd have to be, it was right in the fucking centre of the carnival. So you, you do have to be quite careful because if you let people come in and out too much, before you know it, the house has got all sorts of fucking mad people yeah, in there. Yeah, it turns into a crack then. I, uh, but it was a basement flat. It was the first, it was the ground floor and, and basement. And there's one of those little bits outside the basement window you know the little there's a stairwell that goes down to a mm. basement door and in the little stairwell bit there was more than one person during the day who went went down there and pissed because there's there's it's really hard to find a toilet so people would go down there thinking they were having a cheeky piss hidden from the street not knowing that we were on the other side of the window <laughs> and we would bang and tell them to fuck off and then, and then we we caught. I was actually we were all getting a bit sleepy, as you do after a day of festivities yeah. in the evening. And suddenly, my mate had this crazy bird at the time, and she woke us all up again. Fuck off! Like that, really mentally. <laughs> and I jumped out of my skin, go, "What the fuck's going on?" And she had seen out the window someone crouching down, about to have a shit in our <laughs> little in our little basement area. And I don't know what I would have said to my brother. Because I tell you this much, I wouldn't have wanted to clear it up, so I'd have had to have left it there and claimed that I hadn't noticed it. <laughs> but no one wants to come home to a human shit on their property. But luckily, this girl was mad. I didn't really like her, but she did She did me a good deed that day because she screamed so loudly at this bloke. He just in time, he jumped with fright, pulled up his trousers and did the off. I don't know whether he shat in his pants or not. It's yeah. not of my concern. Okay, Good. Do we, do we want to invite more shitting stories or do we want to draw a line under it? Probably not. I mean, listen, if it's really good, if it's really good, that's almost up there with the, the classic Matthew Judkin shitting from a tree. Yeah. Um, if it's if it's really good, like you're crab walking across someone's garden whilst they're booting you and you're shitting, and, <laughs> that's and, really good. But we don't want to open the floodgates no. for all people saying that they'd shat themselves. And the um, the, ti- the title of that email, the title of that email was Shit Crab Boy, which I think sums it up perfectly. Yeah, that's good. Very good. Contender for the title of this episode, I'd say. <laughs> you got one there? Well, listen, I'm going to go blind into a story oh, that this is never BS. Ends well. st- just tell me, make a buzzer noise when we, we you either think that it's either got too boring or yeah. it's entering into choppy waters good afternoon guys big fan of the podcast i'd like to share a couple of stories yeah okay (laughs) good afternoon (laughs) what a very good a very good mate of mine has unfortunately verbalized a hero fantasy into a bullshit he claims it was in a pub recently when an unfortunate looking woman walked in sadly this woman was heckled by two men who shouted at her call it oh no no sorry no (laughs) Horrible. We have to start vetting these before we read them out, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. We did ask for genital incidents. 
And we've had a t- an email entitled The Disney Genitals Incident. Right. Hi, Andy and Sam. I'm writing in about the topic of unexpected and traumatic balls injuries, which we did ask for. Apologies to the long email. Oh, no. I've tried to be as succinct as possible about a horrific event. He's bullet-pointed it, which is useful. I'm glad about that. In 1995, when I was nine, my family stopped over in Disneyland Paris for a day on a on a drive home from from holiday in Germany. I was just tall enough to get on the decent ride, so my dad took me on them while my mum took younger sisters on the shit ones. We'd been on a couple of rides, no incident. We then went round the Big Thunder Mountain ride, which runs on train tracks. We'd been on the front carriage, and, the excite- and exiting the ride, disaster struck. There was a small amount of water on the floor. I slipped on it, and with no barrier, I proceeded to fall about 1.5 metres down the pit in front of the ride. Because I tried to keep my foot in, I fell in an upright position, landing with the ride's track between my legs and my genitals taking the full impact of the fall. (laughs) I was quickly hoisted out from in front of the ride by my dad and the staff. Oh, Mickey and fucking Pluto. (laughs) Bit undignified, isn't it? Uh, There was blood already soaking through my shorts. What? Testicular blood? Paramedics were called and I was left mortified as they whipped my chap out in front of all the ride goers to access the damage. Don't believe that. I was taken in a Disney ambulance. <laughs> Disney, Disney ambulance? ambulance. <laughs> What's that look like? Has it got big Mickey ears on the front Mickey of it? Ears, yeah. yeah. To the on-site medical centre <laughs> where I was treated by Snow White and Maleficent. Fuck no. off. And... And not no, he didn't say that. And not let out until I'd stopped pissing blood. I have no <coughs> idea why I wasn't taken to a proper hospital. I was being given loads of water and had a room full of medics watching me piss, so the whole thing was really traumatic. After a couple of hours, I was let out. My bloodied clothes replaced by really embarrassing 101 Dalmatians <laughs> boxers and shorts. <laughs> well, at least you got a free gift out of it. The staff were <coughs> obviously shitting it with company liability on their mind, so they gave me cue jumps for the rides as some sort of compensation for my trauma. Yeah. This included using special paths to the rides, built especially for a recent visit by Michael Jackson, mm. which weren't open to the public. Mm. That sounds like the sort of thing you say is bullshit in yeah. the playground. Yeah, right. When I was there, right, I didn't have to queue. Right, did you? Did your mum and dad buy express passes? No, it's better than express passes, mate. They're shit. They're shit. This was better than that. Well, what's better than the Express Pass? They got special secret paths that they built for Michael Jackson when he goes there. <laughs> and they let me use them. I think that I thing think about they them thought... keeping everything in-house is, is legit. Take yeah. away by Disney Ambulance and get treated on site so you don't get to go to a proper hospital. And they don't, yeah. you know, yeah. word doesn't get out about what's going on there. We were in. Um, yeah. We we were there one year in Florida and got. A, um, a, I went for the princess breakfast in the big princess castle, and yeah. uh, the, the orange juice glass had a chip in the top in the rim of it, and we complained mm. about it and got ten free fast track passes. Wow, yeah. that's worth knowing for anyone going to Disneyland. Yeah, like make make complaints. Yeah, make as many complaints as you can. If you're in the princess breakfast, if you've got some way of you know smashing the glass off the side of your table, maybe. Fucking, you'll yeah. you'll end up waddling around with a um, bunch of free passes. Not that's what we Euro did. Di- it was legit. It was a legit complaint. I was at Euro Disney and we had a medical emergency in the night 
but they did send an ambulance and and take them to the to the outskirts of Disneyland to a mm. proper hospital, a semi-official nice Disney hospital. Yeah, I reckon they probably had a deal with them. Yeah, I mean, it might have been a vet. You know, like gangsters use a vet to yeah. sew up wounds because they don't want people finding out. So they're like, "Eh, right? Anyone come from Disneyland with medical emergency? <laughs> no fucking mench, eh?" Nods as good as a wink. Yeah. Right, and they just slip them some euros and some free passes. Don't let, don't let them <laughs> see the monkeys. You have as many, you have as many express passes as you want. <laughs> right, you just keep everything under wraps. <laughs> it's the vet that treats Goofy whenever Goofy gets fucking septicemia. <laughs> this is it. Here's another one. Um, this is about a character called Dave W. And the email is from David. And he says, where to start on Dave W? And he's got a list of seven different bullshits. Um, we'll see how good they are, though. Uh, Dave W. reckoned he was a world-class plasterer and that he started oh, yeah. as a seven-year-old with his dad. Uh, he would do the dado reel while his dad would do the bits above. Uh, he was often called out by the lads who asked him to come around and do a bit around the house, but he was always busy. Um, I know him from our jobs as engineers. He said he got on the engineering degree course while he was plastering at the university age 16 and saw the <clears throat> saw the equations on the board in an empty room. Interested, he went in and completed the equation and solved quantum physics or some shit. An hour or so later, the lecturer returned dumbfounded as to who had solved such complex mathematics. Upon admitting it was him, DFW was given immediate admission onto the course. That's a good one. He he invented heliboarding. Apparently, he was the first person to ever jump from a helicopter with a snowboard. Fuck it out. Um, he claimed to have modified a Vauxhall Calibra with the old red top engine in it so that it would do around 200 miles an hour. One night while out driving at high speed, the police helicopter chased him, but he couldn't shake the helicopter. However, the previous <laughs> night, Dave had been watching police interceptors and predator. He remembered how the police chopper used thermal imaging <laughs> and that Arnie had used mud to hide himself from predator's thermal yes, vision. Yes, of course. So he yeah. pulled into a field and covered himself in mud, hence hiding yeah. from the police and escaping all detection. Excellent. <laughs> He Fuck was being you know. chased. Do you, where was this? Where was this taking place? Do you know? Don't know. Doesn't say. Doesn't say. UK. But somewhere in the UK, in a provincial so, yeah. town of the UK, he is being chased <clears> by <throat> a helicopter, a police helicopter, who are using thermonavigation equipment yeah. to hunt him. Yeah. What like a predator. story. <laughs> yeah, and like f- Predator. And finally, DFW claimed to have defended himself in court. Yes! after he once crashed into the back of someone. The victim had claimed whiplash, which Dave said was impossible. He calculated that from rest, his 70 horsepower 1.2 Renault Clio was unable to reach a high enough velocity in five feet to cause enough damage to the woman's neck. (laughs) He's gone in there with his maths again, hasn't he, in his equations. Uh, And he says the judge obviously agreed and dismissed her claim to compensation. What a fella. Beautiful. DFW. What a man. Jalapeño. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Jalapeño. Uh, the injured testicles. This happened in 1996 to pique Sam's interest. Oh, people are doing that now, aren't they? Anything They're saying the year because they know that if it's in the mid-90s, mm. then... A little curry fever with you, on it? I went out on Saturday night. As you know, I never go out. I don't socialise, but I had to socialise because it was my wife's birthday drink, so I had to fucking show my face. But it went all right, actually. It's a bit boring sometimes when you're sober and everyone else is getting pissed. But um, in the end, I got quite carried away, sat there with my uh, mineral water. Yeah. And I don't even remember why, but my wife claims that by the time we left, I was banging my fists on the table and shouting (laughs) Euro 96, Euro 96. (laughs) Which is really weird because it was all her mates. It was mainly like women who aren't as interested. Some of them showed a bit of interest. Yeah. And I was going, Euro 96, Euro 96. And then she just sort of kind of led me out of the pub and that was the end of the evening. Yeah. Yeah. Time to go to bed though, Sam. Yeah. (laughs) It always ends like this. Anyway. I've got one here if you want. Martin Palmer says, 1996. It's a sorry tale. I was left in the garden with my four-year-old son while my wife popped out to the shops. I was in the middle of cutting the top of the hedge with the ladder resting against the shed. This is such a great dad story, isn't it? Such a great setup to a dad story. It's like something from Terry and June. I was in the middle of cutting the top of the hedge with the ladder resting against the shed when I accidentally nudged the ladder, causing it to lurch forward and send me straight down, all six foot five inch and 16 stone of me, through the single small rungs of the ladder. This resulted in me landing upright, again, like the kid in Euro Disney, mm. with uh, the four foot of ladder behind me and the four foot in front of me. I was stuck fast. Blood had started to run down my legs. No matter what I did, I could not release myself. So he was dangling, stuck in a ladder, straddling one of the rungs Jesus. of the ladder in an upright position. Um, until my wife got back. And my son said, Dad stuck up the ladder. <laughs> Dad stuck up the ladder. <laughs> She finally released me, and a cursory look showed I had ripped my scrotum sack open. Scrotum sack. Ooh. That's a that's an interesting term. You, you could either say my sack or my scrotum, but yeah. he said scrotum sack. Uh, I ripped my scrotum. I ripped my scrotum sack open. <laughs> we rushed to A and E with much amusement and sniggering, before stitches and days of hobbling about followed. This is one of several ladder-related incidents. (laughs) (laughs) Along with the classic Frank Spencer trick of falling through the ceiling. Oh, send more of those in. That's from Martin Palmer. Um, That that sounds like proper dad business, doesn't it? Several ladder-related incidents. You would think once you've had two or three ladder-related incidents, you'd keep away from ladders probably, wouldn't you? 
if you're serious about being a dad, you need a few ladder-related incidents yeah. in your background, in your part, in your backstory. I guess so. My, uh, you know, like now because ever since, remember that dad who I asked my daughter about, and she went, "Oh, I don't know. I've only ever seen him on a roof." Right? Yeah. All right, kids. All right, kids. <laughs> Are you doing Just down up there? On the roof. Want to come up and have a look? Just doing some roof stuff. Right. <laughs> She claims another dad was digging a hole once. Right. right. Obviously, that really, I could relate to that big star. I said, what's her? Because I always ask. Been around, you know, she's got all these new mates. Been around so-and-so's house, yeah. Was the mum there? Yeah, she's really nice. What about dad? Oh, I don't know. What, was he there? Yeah, I saw him. What was he doing? He was in the garden. Yeah, oh, yeah. What was he up to? I don't know. I think he was digging a hole. <laughs> <laughs> all right, kids. I'm just digging a hole. Do you want to look? Want to have a look down there? But there's this one dad I've heard about, right? One of our old mates. I can't go into too much detail, but he sounds unconventional, to say the least, right? right? And for one of their birthdays, they were going to Chessington World of Adventures, right? And the mum doesn't have a car. So she'd ask the dad. Bear in mind, they're together. They're not divorced. They are together. They live Mm. together. The dad's job, right? is he's an executive driver. So he's a posh cabbie, right? Yeah. He's got a smart Merc and he and he drives people around. I think he's got the hat and all that. Do you know what he did? What? He charged the mum to take the daughter and her mates, including my daughter, to Chessington World of Adventures. He wow. said, the only way I can justify this is if you pay me. Wow. And she paid him normal rate by the mile <laughs> on the clock. Rich. Not even mates rates. It was on the meter from their home to Chessington and back. And when they got to Chessington, he just sat like a driver in the car park for the full day till they finished. He drove back, and the mum, his wife, handed him over cash Fucking from her own hell. pocket for his daughter's birthday. That's amazing. Was isn't any it? of that charge passed on to the other parents, or did she cover it herself? She covered it herself, to be fair. I feel a bit That's bad about right, that because I only heard about this later. Obviously, it wasn't something she was advertising. I heard it through a second, third party, you know. Because obviously, if they were and... passing it on to the other parents, then them two were clearly trousering it between them, but not if it's just between yeah. them two. I mean, if they'd asked, I probably would have gone, yeah, all right. I mean, it's a bit weird, but fair enough if he's taking a day off work. But still, I mean, fucking mm. hell unconventional like you say going back to that, the whole thing if someone anyone said to you I'm digging a hole do you want to have a look in it it would be impossible to say no to that wouldn't it it would be impossible to say no but you'd be taking it but that's the thing it's a risk because someone could be up to something couldn't they well if they said to you do you want to have a look in this hole I'm digging that's yeah. either hiding in plain sight or it's an innocent hole and if it's an innocent you just any, don't know any kind of hole you want to have a look in see what there is there might be some bits of bricks I want to have worms. a look in their hole I want to have a look in their hole. Of course I do. But because they know that holes are like catnip to me, right? <laughs> they, if they know anything about Sam Delaney, if they've done their research, they know He's a hole man. that I'm a hole man. And if, you've, if you're digging a hole, I want in, right? <laughs> and they know this is his weak spot. So there could be, any, there could be anyone hidden in that hole, ready yeah. to jump out and me take my money. You know what? It would be a classic Millwall thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, little tricks. Yeah. There's fucking there's there's six Millwall down in this hole waiting for me. <laughs> yeah. Right? They push and in. they put someone they put someone up to dress up like an old sort of benign looking granddad. Hey Opson, just dig it all. <laughs> you look like the sort who might be interested. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I am as it goes. Where's your oh it's just over here, come on. Big is it? Oh yeah, brilliant. 
How, how deep is it, mate? Well, see for yourself. You have a right good look. Go on. Bend just over. over there. What, here? It. Here, it's like that scene in Goodfellas when Robert De Niro's sending Karen to look yeah. at the coats. <laughs> yeah. Just just down there, that's right. All right. What, just down there? Yeah, go on, there's the old. Go on, have a right good look. Take your time, son. Take your time. I know you like a hole. Oh, fucking hell, this looks like a fucking great hole. Oh, let's have a right good look in this. I'm rubbing my hands together, well, look down. In, in Goodfellas, Karen walked away. You, however, would not walk away. Not me, because I couldn't. She liked coats, but she didn't like coats as much, much as I like holes. Yeah. I'm fucking looking in, and I'm like, oh, what's down here then? Suddenly, hello, son. <laughs> in you come. <laughs> Coming in to join us, are you? <laughs> no! He fucking Millwall! the other one pushes you in. Too late. He's fucking ripped off his moustache and wig. He's Millwall too. Fucking hell. They fucking pushed me in hell. They've got me. They've got me. There's no escaping from, from the Millwall hole that I've been pushed into. Like and in, that uh, is just the sort of thing they do. Just the sort of thing they do. Like in Return of the Jedi, where Luke, Luke Skywalker, when he gets pushed in that thing with the fucking tentacle, the tentacle yeah. thing. That- but all he has to take on there is that one monster. I've got to... Uh, there could be six strong Millwall down there. Yeah. When we were at when we were at Millwall West Ham one time in the cup where it really kicked off at before uh, the game and after and it, I think it was the night when everyone ran on the pitch and it was a, it was a funny night. It, and one of the funniest things that happened was it was sort of chaos on the streets. I don't know if you ever went to Upton Park, but it was a very kind of residential area with lots of sort of a, a, a cobweb of like terraced houses right. sort of thing. So lots of streets and side streets and stuff. And everyone was running up and down these streets and there was little running battles going on and stuff like that. And me and my mates were just trying to get to the ground. And we we went past one group of West Ham fans and they said to us, right, I don't know if you've heard, but there's a load of Millwall up just by the station and they've come monkey-handed. <laughs> And I, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not as bona fide a cockney as some of these West Ham fans. So for me, it took a while for me to work out whether they were, that they were talking about the numbers of Millwall that were there, <laughs> and I thought they meant that they'd come like with some sort of weapon, yeah, called a monkey hand, yeah, right. There's a load of Millwall out there. They're monkey handed. I was like, oh no. They've all got fucking monkey claws. They're going to fucking scratch the shit out of me. Run! <laughs> Monkey-handed Millwall. I've got, um, I've got another uh, email from a, a contest, contest, if yeah. you like. Uh, this is from Camilla. Um, I'll, I'll just read you the, the, the first line, see if you want to progress any further with it, Sam. The first line is, I write this all the way from Rio de Janeiro, and here, legal and illegal are mere words. <laughs> yes. You want more? A million times, read on. <laughs> Camilla says, When I was a child, from a very young age, I would say, I used to run some errands for my parents, mostly my mum, and most of the some of those were buying her cigarettes and beer in local pubs and stores. At the age of four, that was already one of my responsibilities. Another thing I used to do for my parents was to bet in the animal lottery. Ooh. Wow, what's that? For many decades, this has been an illegal practice linked to criminal organisations, but basically no one here cares, and it's very popular in Rio. I've heard about this before, but I can't remember the details. We'll have to dig deeper into the animal lottery, I think, next time. Um, she says, I was a very cheeky child, and I want to share with you two of the best, worst things I've done. 
The first one is when I was about five. I went to my neighbour's house and told them my mum was asking for a can of beer, a cold one. I even specified the brand, Skull. <laughs> what? Skull? Skull. <laughs> Fuck, they don't have Skull in Brazil. Apparently they do. Once she gave right. me the beer, I sat on her front door and drank it. When my mum found me, I had already drank it all. Uh, she says, I had a very old woman as a neighbour and all the kids in my street hated her. She was just awful. One day she pissed me off so really bad, so as revenge, I shat on her front doorstep. I was also <laughs> I was also five years old back then. And she says, nowadays I'm a nice woman that loves your podcast, even though I don't know the first thing about football. P.S. I absolutely love Sam's imitation of Bill Shankly. And that's from Camilla in Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> Camilla... Thank you. And, you know, when you say you don't know anything about football, neither do we. So that's obviously why you've taken to this podcast. Um, Got a Roy Keane email in. Um, He said, it's from Lewis Clare. He says, I can't believe I've emailed you about wanking and bullshit, but not about this. My family and I run a diversified farm. What is that? Is there anything to do with the animal lottery? He sent a link redhousefarm.co.uk to prove it's not bullshit okay so I'll click on that and then I'll come back to this email and I'll update you anyway it's on the outskirts of Manchester right in the middle of the areas where most of the northwest footballers live the United training grounds less than a mile away we've had lots of players in here over the years Mata Rooney De Jong etc but I know there's only one you'll be interested in hearing about back in the early noughties we started branching out into children's activities. We started doing an annual summer maize maze. Maize spelled as in the food stuff, the, right. the crop maize. Yeah. Right. Uh, maize, a maze made out of maize. In the early years, uh, reg- a regular visitor with his family to the maize maze was none other than Roy Morris Keane. Right. Go and see that fucking maze. Hey, <laughs> kids, do you want to go to the maze maze again? Oh, no, thanks, Dad. We, you got a bit angry last year. We, we, we're wondering if we could just go to the movies and have a McDonald's. Fuck that. We're going to the maze maze. It's, it's fucking cracking. And this year, I tell you, it's not going to get the better of me. Right. Uh, we, uh, we get a lot of dads looking fed up on family days out, but I don't think I've ever seen a face like thunder like that displayed by Roy as he was handed a flag to wave if he got lost in a seven-acre maze. (laughs) Silent, (laughs) contemptuous fury. (laughs) Excuse me, sir. What do you want? Are you going in the maze? Yeah, what's it fucking look like? Cast I'm going in the maze. (laughs) Please take this flag. What's that for? In case you get lost. Excuse me? (laughs) In case you get lost. In that fucking thing. I've been in bigger mazes than that, you know. In my mind. Come to come to Cork. They got mazes ten times the size of that. I do it before my fucking breakfast. Five minutes flat. I'm in and out. <laughs> fucking flag. Shove it up your ass. <laughs> While you were telling that story, I've been looking up the uh, the animal lottery in Rio, and it's good. Oh, yeah. Uh, it started over 100 years ago uh, in a zoo in Rio, uh, which was owned by a colourful character named Baron Joao Batista Viana Drummond. Um, and his zoo wasn't doing so well. So 
Uh, ticket sales were slow and he devised an ingenious method to attract more customers. In 1892, he came up with a lottery game based around the 25 different animals that were in the zoo, each of them representing four numbers from zero to 99. For example, ostrich was one, two, three, four, elephant, 45, 46, 47, 48. And when customers entered the zoo, they purchased a ticket and the last two digits of the ticket corresponded with a particular animal. At the start of the day, a small cloth-covered cage was hung from a mast beside the zoo gates, and inside the cage was a symbol representing that day's randomly chosen animal. In the early evening, the cloth would be removed to reveal the animal of the day, and all the fortunate ticket holders could collect their cash prizes of 20 times the admission fee. Of course, waiting until the end of the day meant the customers spent their cash buying food and souvenirs in the zoo, meaning that the Baron was able to turn a pretty penny from this creative lottery. There we are. That's how the animal lottery started. And eventually, you didn't have to actually go into the zoo. You could just buy a ticket on the streets and the the result would be announced far and wide. It would be better if the actual animal was in the fucking cage, wouldn't it? But there you go. If it was a live animal, a lottery involving live animals, which is what I was hoping it was... That would be um, more impressive. I've also been checking out, or you've been saying that, Red House Farm. Yeah. Uh, which does exist. And I've got to say, it's fucking great. Where is it? They've got, a, they've got a, uh, let's just see, find us. On the on the homepage, they've got a picture of some dads um, in a playground pushing their kids on swings. But the playground does look cracking. Right. But I know what's going on in the mind of the dad. He's thinking, let's get this fucking swing business over with so we can hit the cafe area <laughs> for what looks like, according to another image on the homepage, a fantastic cream tea. Oh, nice. Uh, it is in Altrinum, Cheshire. All right, that's not too far from me. I could go there. We've given them a right fucking plug here. I think all Dun we need Massey. If they can just incorporate an animal lottery into it somehow, there'll be quids in <laughs> Well, listen, right, here's a, here's a proposition to Lewis, who's in, in, in touch with the show a lot. Listen, Lewis, it, later this year, I'm sure me and Andy will be trying to organise some sort of live event at some yeah. point. Um, I'm keen to do at least one of them outside of London. Mm. And Red, I tell you what, this fucking setup, this fucking setup you've got, right, in Oxford, it looks fucking knockout, right? It's got the lot. It's got animals, it's got swings, it's got cream teas. It's also got, wait for it, a fucking function room. Fucking hell. We'll do the show there. And I like the look of it. Our function room is available to hire for christenings, funeral receptions. Wow. Hmm. Uh, Family gatherings, business meetings, and more. Wait for it. Buffets. Oh, got your interest, haven't we? Imagine the amount of beige food they fucking lay on. Buffets or bespoke hot food available. Well, Lewis, listen, mate. This has got the fucking Iron Filing Society annual shindig written all Isn't over it. it? Just, if you can put an animal lottery on and we get 80% of the, of the cut, then we're there. Yeah, work out some sort of animal lottery that involves the live animals, right? Lay on the cream teas. We'll have a little go on the swings and the jungle gym that you've got there. It's fucking perfect. Definitely. It's sort of similar distance between a bit nearer to Sunderland than London but you know Cheshire feels like a good sort of central location for a lot of canters um, I can't stress this enough to you though we we will not be paying a penny for use of your venue no 
and in fact we will want to work an angle where you pay us yeah. to come and use it because I mean the amount of advertising we've just given you alone has got to be worth a few quid and we'll need that fellow so, to drive us there in his executive car and you'll be paying for that as well yeah so if you want to do an event fine but you have to cover all the costs of it up front and then we'll work out some sort of split probably heavily in our favour on the ticket sales maybe yeah, yeah. All right, that's uh, that's the end of this episode because um, I've had enough. Because you're bored. Yeah, it's been a bit of a shambles, but never mind. We'll try and pre-read some of the emails next time. We might get I some know, there's so ones. much to get through. You have to put aside a lot of time to get through it. And and actually, I often think that the tweets are superior to the emails. Yeah, so I've got, to just or- yeah. I've got to organise the tweets that I receive a little bit better. All right, well, thanks for listening to this um, this extra weekend output content etc yeah. etc yeah. et we'll be back on monday morning as per usual yeah whether you like it or not we'll be back on track next week so fucking hold tight yeah ta-da see ya Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 